Chapter Ten of the Boy Scouts in the Blue Ridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. The Boy Scouts in the Blue Ridge by Herbert Carter. Chapter Ten: The Voice of the Silver Fox Patrol. We're going to pitch our camp right here, boys, said the scout leader. And remember, there's to be no shouting from this time on. We're in the enemy's country and must observe the rules of caution. Oh, ain't I glad, though, sighed Bumpus, who had been busily engaged between wiping his perspirating brow and avoiding stumbles over obstacles that seemed to take particular delight in getting in his way. At least he thought so. "'But I hope you're not going so far, Thad, as to keep us from having a regular campfire,' remarked Giraffe. "'Without that, it'd be a sad business. I'm thinking, and what's supper without a cup of coffee?' Thad had been talking again with Bob White, and evidently the boy who was acquainted with the locality must have posted the patrol leader regarding things. "'Oh, we don't expect you to do that. Make your mind easy, number six, he replied with a laugh knowing what a weakness Giraffe had in the line of eating, though it seemed to do him little good since he was as thin as a rail, plump little Bumpus used to declare, with various exclamations of satisfaction. The weary boys tossed their burdens aside and followed by throwing themselves on the ground. After a short rest, of course, preparations for a passing night would be in order, but a little breathing spell first of all, was necessary. Thad walked away in company with Allen and Bob White. Now what in the world do you think they're going to do? demanded Stephen. When the three had vanished from sight among the brush that lay around. There you go, broke out Bumpus, as curious as an old maid in all Cranford. Always wanted to know the reason why. A pretty scout you'll make, Stephen, and it'll be a long time before you win any medals or pass an exam. With a proud position of a first-class scout, but I wonder what they do mean to do. The others laughed at this. After this, Bumpus, take the moat out of your one eye before you try to get a fence rail from mine. But they're up to some dodge. Take it from me, and it'll be mean if they don't let us into the deal sooner or later. And Stephen shook his head dismally as he spoke, and he was most unhappy when he believed there was anything going on without his being told all about it. Great country, this, remarked Smithy, lying there on his back, and looking up the lofty peaks that were bathed in the glow of the setting sun. About as wild as anything I ever saw. Don't surprise me to know that the men who were born and brought up here can defy the clumsy officers of the government when they attempt to capture them. In my humble opinion, they'll just keep on making that moonshine stuff here in the big smokies until the year 3000. If Washington people hold that big tax on the real brand, so as to make it worth their while. It is sure some ragged, remarked Davy Jones, yawning, for Davy did not happen to be possessed of a soul that could admire the grandeur of any rough scenery, and only thought what a nuisance it was to have to climb so much all the while. Hold on there, Stephen, exclaimed Giraffe, as the other started to collect a handful of small sticks. Don't you dare think of starting that fire. That's my particular job. The patrol leader gave it over to me, you understand? Oh, just keep your good, sneered Stephen, throwing the sticks down again. You keep on itching to make fire so much that he just had to bribe you to let it up. 
or some day you'll set the whole river afire. Ha! No danger of you ever doing that, I guess, chuckled Giraffe. All the same, he got up and began to gather small tinder of his own account. Mind you, he observed a minute later, as though half regretting his action and squelching Stephen so soon, if anybody feels like lending a hand to gather fuel, why, there ain't nothing against that, and we'll have that bully old coffee all the sooner. You understand? This sort of subtle persuasion seemed to at least stir Davy Jones into life, for getting slowly to his feet, he began to collect larger wood and throw it down closer to where the energetic fire builder was starting to make his blaze. Giraffe was a real fire worshipper. He dreamed of his pet hobby and many times could be seen apparently whittling a stick when, if asked what he was doing, his reply would inevitably be, well, we might want to start a fire sometime or other, and then these little shavings come in handy, you see. On several notable occasions, this weakness of giraffes had managed to get him into more or less trouble, and the sagacious scout leader finally had to take him to task. So on this mountain hike, it had been agreed between them that giraffe would refrain from attempting his favorite role of miscellaneous fires at odd times, if allowed to build all the campfires on the trip. And so far he had really kept his word, though there were times when the temptation nearly overcame his scruples. When that and the other two came back, darkness had settled over the camp. It came all the sooner on account of the high walls that shut the men on either side though just beyond the boys believed there must be some sort of an open spot in the way of a valley i'm glad to see you made a fine fireplace for cooking number six remarked the patrol leader as he looked around because we may spend a day or so right here resting up a bit now while supper is getting under way i'm going to tell you a few things that you are apt to interest you they concern our comrade bob white here and he's given me full permission to say what i'm going to there, Stephen. What did I tell you? cried Bumpus gleefully. Next time, just get a throttled grip on that bump of curiosity of yours. I've heard my maw say that people who live in glass houses ought not to heave any stones, retorted the other. But the boys quickly forgot all their differences once Thad started to tell the strange things which he had heard from Bob White. There was an intaking of the breath, such as would indicate great excitement as they learned how bob's father had been connected with the raids on the secret stills of the mountain moonshiners and when finally they heard how he had met so terrible a fate while pursuing his sworn duty by the government glances of true brotherly sympathy were cast in the direction of bob now said thad in conclusion you've heard about all there is to tell and i know you're tremendously astonished because None of us had any idea that we're going to run up against such a thing as this when we asked Bob to let us go with him to his old home here among the Blue Ridge Mountains. But what is important to know is your decision. Majority rules and everything of this kind, and if more than half of you think we ought to turn right back and not keep on, why, there's nothing to be done but turn back and go over the trail again. Well, not much, exclaimed Giraffe, filled with a spirit of boyish comradeship toward the chum who had been so sorely affected and whose sad story was now discovered for the first time put it up to a vote thad remarked bumpus trying to look grim and determined though his round face was usually so merry that it was a hard proposition for him to be taken seriously all in favor of returning tomorrow say aye thad suggested 
just as he expected there was absolute silence all in favor of sticking to our chum through this thick and thin and doing all we can to help him over the rough places say aye the leader continued a chorus of eager assent drowned his words bob white's fine dark eyes filled with tears he could not trust himself to speak but the look he gave each and every one of those seven loyal comrades was more than eloquent than any words could have been after we've had supper thad went on warmly bob means to keep his appointment with his little cousin who expects to slip out of the house and meet him where he wrote her he would be at a certain hour there's the queerest valley you ever saw just ahead of us across it you can see the lights of the reuben sparks house and several others that lie there in a bunch a sort of hamlet because it's hardly a village and bob says that reuben really owns about the whole place he can get over there in an hour or so because he knows the ground so well and while he's gone we can take it easy here making our beds for the night if so be there are any bushes to cut worth sleeping on hey would you see how fine a fire tender draft is it's gone clean out and that's what cried Stephen just then well would you blame him when he was listening to such an interesting story as the one i had to tell asked thad get busy number six and have a blaze going in quick time aye aye sir sang out giraffe who had wisely laid aside a surplus supply of fine stuff when making the fire which now came in very handy and when the coffee was finally done and the gathering around sitting on rocks logs or even cross-legged tailor fashion on the ground the eight scouts made a very fine picture in their uniforms apparently their appetites had been sharpened by that afternoon jaunt judging from the way they pitched in and perhaps after all reuben sparks had been a wise as well as prudent man when he failed to invite a squad of lads to stop over with him for they would have made a sad inroad on the contents of his larder and food costs money where's bob demanded bumpus suddenly after they had been about a half an hour trying to lighten their supplies and with wonderfully good success we sent in over yonder only three minutes ago and now he's gone reckon that bad spirit of yours is sneaking around again stephen i must have took bob by mistake though i pity his eyes if he'd ever think so good-looking a feller as bob could be you bob's gone to keep his appointment remarked thad quietly and the boy said nothing more about it knowing that the southern lad lay considerable store upon this meeting with his little cousin bertha whom he expected to coax into helping him try and see whether sly old reuben sparks might have forgotten to destroy all evidence of fraud in connection with his dealings with her father the uncle of bob so the conversation drifted to other topics and soon they were laughing over some of the queer happenings in the past history of the silver fox patrol End of chapter 10 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan